morning, everybody. Unfortunately. When people say those kind of things about you, you know, the pressure just mounts, you know, like it's just like, oh, God, you know, like, really? Um, but it, it, it has been. It's actually been, I mean, thank God, the, the word has changed about 10 times since I was asked to actually preach. Um, and I think that that's probably a struggle that everybody who brings the word, because the platform is always a place of great privilege. So anybody who ever comes and stands here, I'm sure, has that struggle to say, God, is this what you are wanting to say to your people at this time? And so for me, I know, and then I was really excited, even though Richard already sent me the, the playlist for the songs that we were going to sing this morning, I didn't have time to look at them. And then this morning in worship, uh, I just realized after changing what I was going to share with you this morning, I don't know how many times, that what I'm going to share I know is from the heart of God for you for such a time as this. And because the Word of God is always alive and active and it has the power to bring about transformation in any context, in any season, you have to have the confidence that the Word of God is able to bring about change and motivate you at any time. Just before I get started, um, I want to say this in preparation. My dad had gone for um, injections. He has to have injections in his eyes for... for um, he's got something going on in his eyes and he needed to have injections on th Friday. And so I took him off and he had these injections. And so Saturday, I'm still pacing around going, <coughs> uh, he's going like, I said, I have to prepare. And he said to me, well, what's going on? I said, I'm so, I'm getting so nervous because I don't have the word. I don't know what the word is yet. I've got many ideas, but I don't know what the word is. And so he said to me, oh, are you preaching? And this is on Saturday afternoon, and I said to him, yeah, but I, I told you, I told you, I've been saying during the week, I'm, I'm having to preach. So he said, oh, well, you know what? He said, I went and had injections in my eyes yesterday, so I didn't hear you. <laughs> I had injections in my eyes, so I didn't hear you. But the crazy thing was, it kind of uh, it connected with what I'm going to share with you this morning, is that I pray that no matter what goes on, you will be able to hear no matter how your sight has been affected, even in the realm of the spirit, that you will be able to hear what God is saying. So if you've had injections in your eyes, just trust God that he'll open your ears, right? So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we can have together. It is always a privilege to be able to be in a place knowing that as you speak the word of God, it has the power to change people's lives, to bring people into greater areas of liberty and freedom and raise our levels of expectation and faith and even trust in who you are. Because God, this is all about you. Our lives, everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we want to be is to be a reflection of who you are and what you have done and what you are doing in our lives. So God, I pray that as I speak your word today, that it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that for which you have purposed it today. It will accomplish that for which you've sent it, and it will bring liberty and freedom, and restoration, and bold faith, and belief in people's hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So first of all, I need to say this. You need to thank some woman who one day decided that she was going to hold on to something that she believed in, and that 65 years later, you are having a public holiday tomorrow. Right? 
what, what Jin shared on, earlier on in the screen is that there was a movement that began by one woman who was able to then multiply herself and her beliefs and what she felt to other women and one of them was a woman, and I'm going to refer to her in a minute, was Lillian Nguyomni. She was able to take that which she believed and multiply herself, and that even though it took 65 years for that day to be recognized, which it was only really made a public holiday on the 9th of August 1995, 65 years after she started that march, that process, that protest to say, we are trusting for liberty and freedom that we actually saw a day like we are going to be celebrating tomorrow happen because of one person's life who was prepared to stand and be multiplied. Her faith, regardless of what she would experience, to be multiplied. And so the power to affect change in any circumstance, any situation, and we're facing that right now, and you'll see how the word's almost in two parts this morning. But our ability to bring about change is that we need to be fearless, we need to multiply what we believe, and we need to be able to see. And so through time, individuals have been acknowledged for the changes that they're able to bring. And she is one of those known as the mother uh, of black resistance, sorry, I'm kind of getting them going, who was a powerful anti-apartheid public speaker who focused on women's rights and emancipation of black women in South Africa. And she was one of the people that led this movement that we are going to give tribute to, tomorrow. And there were others. There's Martin Luther King. One man, one belief that was able to multiply that, 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 that statement, that mantra, that maxim that he believed in as I have a dream. He was able to cause that to be multiplied and absolutely transform thousands and thousands of people's lives, that to today we all still declare that mantra, declare that maxim that he said is, I have a dream, because he could see beyond what he was presently experiencing. He never allowed what he was presently experiencing. He was fearless. He was prepared to walk through the darkest valleys in order to accomplish that which he saw. We think of Ava Peron, and some of you might not even, even know who she is, but she was the first lady of Argentina, and she inspired millions with her campaign to give to the poor and bring the vote to women. And then we have, of course, famously, our own Nelson Mandela, who became the first democratic elected black president of South Africa. But I want us to focus on this particular statement that he made, and it was this. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers the fear. And so the word that I have to share with you this morning, the title of it is, I think it's going to come up there in a minute. Sorry, that was like the first one. It was the first slide, so it makes it really difficult when, when people are, no, 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 it, that, that's what they did. It's even though I see. Even though I see. And you're going to see how that fits in with the message that I have to share with you this morning. All these people that I've just shared with you quickly, Lillian, Martin Luther King, Ava Peron, and Nelson Mandela, 
They carried attributes. There were attributes effective and working in and through their lives. And they are these three things. The first one was that they walked through the darkest valleys and did not fear. And you can already start to connect that to Psalm 23 verse 4 that says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. We look at these people's lives and we can see that they were able to bring about incredible change, shift philosophies, shift thoughts, shift mindsets, shift different things that were going on around in the world. And we look at it as a bigger thing, but I want you to be able to bring that home into your home, into your life, into your family, that even though you walk through the darkest valley, you will not fear. It was an attribute of these people's lives. And they shifted millions and millions of people's thinking so that they would be able to bring liberty and freedom to those around them. To bring people out of darkness into light. To bring people out of bondage into liberty. To bring people out of fear into faith. To bring people who did not believe and could not trust into a place of believing and trusting because he enabled them to see. So they, the first thing is that they walked through the darkest valleys and they did not fear. They did not fear for their lives. They did not fear for their positions. They weren't confined and limited and governed by that which they would experience. They had a conviction that even though they walked through the darkest valley, they would not fear. The second thing is they could see. Oswald Saunders says this. He says, eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. Eyes that look see the natural. Or eyes that look, that see, see beyond the natural. Beyond the circumstance, beyond the confinement, beyond the limitation, beyond the chaos, beyond the devastation, beyond the destruction, eyes that see are rare. And how much more not so, particularly what's been going on in our country and in our nation, we need those who have eyes that can see, not just look. The third thing in these people's lives that are very evident is that they multiplied themselves so that their message and was able to influence multitudes. They multiplied themselves, and when I say multiplied themselves, it wasn't just the message of what they spoke, but it was the message of who they were. We can say a lot of things, and I think it even for myself, I was so convicted, I thought, God, you know, how often do I speak something? that does not inspire people to see beyond that, that which we are experiencing, but I speak that which aligns itself with what I'm looking at, not seeing. And so I have the responsibility, you and I as believers have a responsibility to start to inspire through our lives a message that causes people to see and not look. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the actual right translation is through the darkest valley, by the way. I will fear no evil. Why? Because he, because he is with me. 
And that we have to look at our lives and think, God, how was it possible that people who perhaps didn't even know you were able to see, people who didn't even know you were able to take that which they believed, that, that which was in them, and bring it to a place of where it had a manifest outworking in a society's life? Because they did not fear evil. They did not fear losing their lives. They did not fear spending years and years in prison. They did not fear losing everything in order to take what they believed and see it have its outworking in people's lives. They could see. They didn't look. They multiplied themselves, and they became effective. I want you to take note of what I'm going to say right now. Noticeably, whatever multiplies the quickest will gain ascendance and influence in your life. Listen to me carefully. Whatever multiplies the quickest will gain ascendance, influence, and significance in your life. So if there is bad thoughts, if there is that which is negative going on, and you're allowing that to multiply in who you are, and you're looking at things instead of seeing things, and the seeing has to come through the word of God. When we're looking at things, when whatever multiplies the quickest in your heart, it will gain ascendance. It will have significance. It will have an effect. And so it's really important that we, we find ourselves a place of being really careful by what we say and what we see, because that which multiplies in my heart, good, bad, ugly will gain ascendance and have the greatest effect and outworking in and through my life. So what has taken place in our country and in our world is surreal. It's unbelievable. What has been going on in South Africa in the last couple of weeks has been devastating. And many, many, many people are finding themselves, and when I say many people, I almost want to bring it back to the church, are finding themselves in a place of fear. And that in and of itself should urge us and compel us to align ourselves with Psalm 23, verse 4, that says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, because he is with me. And we have allowed, and we allow the enemy to, by, by affecting our sight, and I'm going to get there in a moment, by affecting our sight and by affecting what we hear to take hold of our hearts and to stop us from walking through the valley, through the darkest valley. We stop in the darkest valley. We allow fear to confine us in the darkest valley. We allow words and opinions and thought processes to confine us in the darkest valley. But David said, even though I walk, he had to keep walking, even through the darkest valley. And he said, I will not fear because his his." his, his Faith was not based in the circumstance. He didn't allow that which he saw to influence, he saw in the natural to influence what he could see through the word. 
And in our lives, we cannot allow that which the enemy throws up in our lives, regardless of what it may be. I'm talking about something on quite a big scale. We're talking about things pertaining to pandemics. We look at our own nation and we're looking at things pertaining to protests where people have caused absolute destruction and devastation. We look around us and we see people losing their loved ones, losing their livelihoods, and and we, we perceive that and we think, God, what is going on? But we have to be looking at those things through the word. That's when we will see. Otherwise we look and our hearts, and our minds, and our thoughts, and our actions will be gripped by fear. And the exact opposite of what David was able to say in Psalm 23, I walk, therefore I will not fear, and even though I walk, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will walk through the darkest valleys, I will not fear, why? Because I see. And I have to ask the question, I've had to ask myself this question, am I able and am I still walking because I see or because I look? Remember I said eyes that look are common, eyes that see are rare. And all throughout history we can see that when we are able to walk and continue walking through darkest valleys, through difficult times, through opposition, through things that are just not going our way. And as I said earlier, I'm talking on a big scale of pandemics, but bring it back into perhaps your home, perhaps your marriage, perhaps your finance, perhaps your health, perhaps your mind, perhaps your future, that we are able to draw it back into that place and say, God, enable me to see in this dark valley Enable me not to be gripped by fear. Do not allow the enemy to confine and limit that which I can see through fear. That I will not fear evil, but I know who walks with me in evil. What about those places? But in all those places, in the darkest place, when we can continue to walk, there will always be a tipping point. When in a moment, an act, a thought, an action can change a life, can change your world, can change your environment because you continue to walk. There will be a tipping point. And I've got the definition of a tipping point for you. It's, it's a point is the name given to that one dramatic moment when everything can change all at once. It is the point at which a series of small changes or incidents become significant enough to cause a large or more important change. I want to focus on it is the name given to that one dramatic moment when everything can change, but it will only change when we walk. I know that the word of God does say, and having done all to stand, stand. But I believe you walk, stand. Stand, walk. Can you walk and stand at the same time? Yes, because when you're walking, you're standing upright, not so. You're just not staying static in one place. 
But we see all through history, we see the Word, and the Word of God is given to us for us to see. It's not just giving us information that that sounded like a really good story, that when Moses had to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, you know, that's that's such a, sometimes it's so far removed from our lives because it gets put into like 6,000 or 8,000 years ago in history when a man was able to lead a multitude of millions of people out of bondage and captivity, one man. You are that one. And able to lead people out of bondage, we got to understand that he had a mantra. There was something that would have gripped his heart as even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will not fear any evil because I see. Moses had to see to lead millions of people out of bondage, out of captivity, because he had God saying to him, I've called you, I've appointed you, but he had to see and he had to keep walking. And for us, we have to see. What has God said to you and I, the church? Do not fear, for I am with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. And there was something in Moses that kept him walking, even though, because he could see. And then we think of somebody else who was able to bring about absolute transformation in their environment was Joshua. God said to Joshua, what's the very first thing he said to him? He said, be strong and courageous, because he knew that he would need to see in order to enter the promised land. He needed to see. He couldn't look. Because when the spies went in to Canaan to go and suss out the land before they took possession of an inheritance, and hear what I'm saying, in order for us to take possession of inheritance, we must be able to walk and we must be able to see. And so the spies go in and they look. And what do they see? Because they looked. They saw the giants, they saw the enemy, and even though God had said, they looked, they didn't see. And in our lives, we need to continually align ourselves to say, God, let me see, not just look. And so the spies go in, and I'm actually getting ahead of myself, they go in and they ultimately bring disaster on their own people, that an entire nation is kept in bondage and captivity because they looked, they didn't see. They stopped, they didn't walk. Through that dark time, God said, there is an inheritance, there's something amazing that lies ahead for you, and yet they allowed that which they saw to influence that which they believed. And many, even in our country right now, I've seen believers around, and even with COVID, where believers are starting to lose their way because they're looking, and we do not see. We're allowing that which is going on externally to influence that which is going on internally. Which is even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest place, I will fear no evil. We see Rahab, a Canaanite prostitute, though even though she could have lost her life for hiding Israel's spies, Israeli spies, she did not. She and her household were spared from destruction because She was not prepared to allow herself to be influenced by what she saw. It's what she believed that made her see. Even though she could lose her life 
she saw. We look at Queen Esther. The Bible gives us a clear indication that that woman, because she went before the king to appeal to the king to let the people go and expose Haman's plot, not let the people go, expose Haman's plot. And Moses and Esther are getting completely into the same boat there, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But Esther was, went before the king to appeal and expose Haman's plot to wipe out an entire nation. This was a very, very real scenario. And the reality was as if she went before the king without being invited, she would lose her life. That was the potential. And yet she was prepared to do that because she could see. Even though she said, if I perish, I perish, but her words could have been translated into, even though I walk through the valley of darkness, I will fear no evil. I will not fear the king because I can see, I see my people, I see liberty, I see people being liberated, I see restoration, I see hope. I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. And so it continues right through the word. We see the trend of these things being effective in people's lives. Jesus, it says, even though he saw the cross, because of what he could really see, the joy set before him, he endured it. And really what I'm trusting God to bring home to you today is that there needs to be something that grips our hearts that says, even though I walk, I see. Even though there's difficult things going on in my home, I see what God says. Even though I see what's going on in my finance, or I look at what's going on in my finance, I can see what God's word says. Even though I look at what's going on in my country, in my province, when I look at the devastation, God, there's something that needs to empower me where I hold on to your word that says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I see. There's something that I'm trusting that will come from your life and be stirred up in your life where there will be hope, will grip your heart, where hope will, where despair will be changed to hope, where unbelief will be changed to belief, where there's a lack of faith, there's fear that it will be turned into faith because you see, we cannot afford to, and hear me very carefully now, we cannot afford to as the church not walk. We cannot afford to, as a church in any nation, in any community, not walk and not see. Because the enemy thrives on fear. And the moment he can get us, you and I, the church, into a place of fear in any context in our lives, that will multiply. That will obstruct, that will confine, that will limit, that will give you to start to give opinion pertaining to certain things. And I stand guilty of offering opinion because I look and I do not see. I can only see right through his word. You will never see right when you look at that which goes on around you. 
because the enemy will do everything in his power to get you into a place of fear. And that is why David said, I will not fear evil. What is evil? Everything that's contrary to the word of God. Lack. Destruction, confinement, opposition. All these people, we sell, we're going to pay tribute to Women's Day tomorrow, National Women's Day. But those people had to be fearless in order to accomplish the purpose. And as the church of Jesus Christ in our city, in our nation, in our world, we have to become fearless. Our faith needs to be fearless. Where we say, even if I perish, I perish because I can see the kingdom of God coming. I can see through my life liberty. I can see through my life people coming into a place of restoration and hope and people coming into a place of where they bound and where they haven't been able to operate because of fear that I bring them into that place because it's I am the one, you are the one through whom God wants to speak and say and declare. You are the one that needs to walk even through the darkest valley and not fear evil so that you might see, so that you may be able to bring multitudes with you into that place of liberty and freedom, into a place of, of absolute joy even in the face of destruction and devastation and confinement and limitation you are the one you are the one you and I are the one but we have to see and we have to walk and I want you to narrow it down into your life your circumstance your, circum your situation I have made it a broad thing delivering nations but it starts with one you deliver your home you bring liberty and restoration into your family. You bring it into other people's finances. Because I will walk and I will not fear evil. And I will see what he says. There's some of you who are facing, some of you are in it actually. Some people are actually still in it, the devastation. Some people have walked through it. At this moment, most of us in the world are still in it because we are being governed by something which threatens people's lives. People have lost family. People have lost loved ones. People face, have lost livelihoods. There's devastation and destruction. Wherever, wherever we look, you can look, but I don't want to see. I want to see what God sees. Because we live in such a temporal, finite context in our lives, in the world. We think that this is what it's all about. God, this world, no, he says you're in it. You're not of it. Because you are the one. The enemy will do everything in his power to steal your sight. Quickly, a couple of examples. Number one, Eve. When he made her look at that which was in the natural the result was with Adam, when they looked at that which was in the natural, that was pleasing to their eye, the enemy stole their sight. They took hold of what they could look at, but they couldn't see. And ultimately, the fall of man. 
We see Joshua, and I've already mentioned that, Joshua with the spies going into the promised land. They looked, but they didn't see. They looked at the giants. They looked at things going on around them, but they could not see. They did not see the promise. They did not see the covenant. They did not see that God said, I will be with you. He did not take them. And this is, you know, often what we want to do is we want to come into an environment and go, oh, this is fantastic, you know. This is, um, everything must just be easy. But when God was taking them into a place of where they would get hold of their inheritance. And I want to say that to you. And I, today, I speak to myself. That in order for me to lay hold of my inheritance, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a battle. It doesn't mean there's not going to be enemies. It doesn't mean that evil is going to try and triumph against me. It doesn't mean that I won't experience fear or be afraid, but I'll have the courage to walk through the fear. I'll have the courage to be able to say I will do it whether I am afraid or not because of the covenant of God on my life. That's why I will not fear. But when the enemy can steal your sight, he can steal your inheritance. An entire generation, because of 10 people's lack of sight, kept them in a place outside of the covenant promises of God. The land flowing with milk and honey, a place of abundance, a place of liberty, did not mean that there would not be opposition. And I believe even for us as a church, we've gone through something and are going through something currently that is not normal, it's new to us, it's not new to some other people. Can you imagine people going through the Holocaust? Can you imagine people having to come out of a place of slavery or with these enemies coming against you? Can you imagine being a nation under threat because of what you believe? Esther had to stand in that place knowing we can die tomorrow. And in our nation, in our lives, in the world in which we live today, the church needs to keep walking through the darkest valley and not fear evil and not be intimidated by evil and we need to see. Because that's going to give hope. That's going to bring life. That's going to bring liberty. So much I want to say. When we look at the natural eye, what is the area in which the enemy came and tempted Jesus? He kept making him try to look. Look at this bread. Turn it. Look at this. And then the last thing he tempted says, look at all, this king, all the kingdoms of the world. And if you just... You can have, you can have that which you, you're looking at all this stuff. You can have it. Just bow down and worship me. Because he tried to steal Jesus' sight. That which he knew in him, which he could see. I pray, I know that the enemy has come into people, into our lives, into the people in the church, and he's inspired fear because he's been able to take us captive, and we've been able to start to look at something. He's stolen our sight, as I'm not seeing what God sees. I'm not seeing the purposes of God for, for my life. I'm not, I don't no longer have the confidence because I'm not seeing who is walking through me in the darkest valley, in the place of evil, in this place of evil. He says, I am with you. So we need to change. We need to align. We need to shift ourselves so that we come into that. God, your word says. 
I'm not seeing it with a natural eye, but your word says. Give me sight. And there's some of you that have stopped walking, and I want to say to you today, keep walking. Keep walking through the valley that is dark. Where there's evil, keep walking, for he's with you. There's some people who've lost their sight, particularly because of things that have gone, around, gone on around us, where the devastation and the destruction, it's very real. It's not for one minute that I'm undermining the reality that people have lost and people are losing and that people are losing livelihoods. And, but there has to come a point in our lives as those who are professors and those who profess to be followers of Christ where we allow the word to, at the end of the day, be it. So that I keep walking, even in the darkest place. I will not fear evil. Because the enemy is going to want to thrive. He, he, feeds off, he feeds off your fear. And that which you think about most will gain the ascendance and the influence in your life. But I want to say to you, keep walking. I had such a burden that people have stopped and feared evil. Evil's voice has started to have influence in your life, anything contrary to the word and you start to lose your sight it stops you from walking I pray today and I keep saying keep walking even though see even though see Let's just stand.